Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Thanks for being with us. Welcome to The Great America Show. Puppet President Joe Biden heading to Israel to meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the president of Egypt. With all that President Trump did to keep peace in the Middle East, including the Abraham Accords, it took Biden just half his presidency to undo it all. Over the weekend, neocon rhino presidential hopeful Nikki Haley was asked about bringing in a million Palestinian refugees, bringing them into the United States. Here she is. You know, I dealt with this every day for two years. And, you know, what I can tell you is you have to realize that whether we're talking about Gazans and Palestinians, um, you know, all of them don't. You've got half of them at the time that I was there didn't want to be under Hamas's rule. They didn't want to have terrorists overseeing them. They knew that they were living a terrible life because of Hamas. You had the other half that supported Hamas and wanted to be a part of that. We see that with Iran, too. The Iranian people don't want to be under that Iranian regime. They don't. We saw what happened to Masa Amini. We saw how they treat them. There are so many of these people who want to be free from this terrorist rule. They want to be free from all of that. And America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And that's what we have to do. Imagine that. Haley was never a foreign policy official. She was a spokeswoman at the United Nations for two years for President Trump. And now she wants to bring a million Palestinians into the United States. It's just it's outrageous. Not a single Arab state in the region will take in Palestinian refugees. You would think Haley and every other politician in the country would take note when the leader of a Muslim country says no to Gaza refugees. Take a listen to King Abdullah of Jordan when asked about bringing in Palestinian refugees 
into Jordan. Part of the question on the issues of refugees coming to Jordan, and I think I can quite strongly speak on behalf not only of um, 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 uh, Jordan as a nation, but of uh, our friends in Egypt, that is a red line. Uh, because I think that is the plan by certain of the usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt. A leader who protects his country and his sovereignty. I wish we had a few more who would do the same. Turning now to the battle on Capitol Hill for the Speaker's office, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan fell short of the 217 votes needed to secure the speakership yesterday. As we expected, 20 rhinos voting against Jordan, mostly over their hurt feelings and resentment in reaction to McCarthy's ouster. McCarthy talking to reporters yesterday afternoon after the first vote, and he put the blame squarely on the eight Republicans who voted him out and the Dems' decision not to support him at all. Let's go back to how I got here. We wouldn't be here if every single Democrat didn't vote with eight Republicans to shut this place down. That's it. No, what, Republicans voted against Jim Jordan today on the floor, including two votes from somebody who's not even a member anymore. Every single Democrat and eight Republicans voted to shut down one branch of government. That is why we're here today. There's no other reason why we're here today but because of that. Now, now we had a vote on the floor. It didn't get to the whole point. Now we'll take a break, talk to people, and come back and solve it. It's important to remember, McCarthy's ouster wasn't personal. The eight members who ousted him did so only when he broke promises. And those 20 rhinos holding up Jordan today will soon come to understand, we hope, it's time for Speaker Jim Jordan after they get over their hurt feelings. We spoke with Congressman Bob Good of the Freedom Caucus last night after the first Speaker's vote to get his judgment on what is happening and when we will have a Speaker of the House, and I certainly hope it will be Jim Jordan. Here now is Congressman Bob Good, and Congressman, great as always to have you with us here. I know that this is a hectic time for you, and we appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Let's start with your assessment of where the Jordan Speakership lies right now. Is it attainable? I think it is. I'm pleased that in the first vote today, after receiving 152 votes in Friday in the conference, in the second vote, uh, today he got 200 votes. So that was tremendous improvement, nearly 50 vote improvement. You had 20 members, of course, vote against him, although I would suggest it really wasn't against Jim Jordan. There was other reasons why they were sort of lodging a protest vote, in my view. So I'm confident that he will get there. I hope it will be on the next ballot, but I'm confident that he'll make progress uh, for however long it takes. I, I find it really strange, this this, this group of, uh, uh, I guess, <laughs> what, whatever you would call them, uh, non, uh, non-Jordan voters, we'll call them that at least, they are, they're Republicans in Republican districts for, for the most part. Uh, and, and they're behaving as if they were not, that they're on some sort of, uh, you know, knife's edge, uh, district where it could go Republican or Democrat. That, that just isn't reflected in the numbers, is it? Well, I don't, I want to be clear that I don't begrudge them their right to vote however they want to, and that's not what you were saying. No. Uh, but and so I respect that. I've certainly been in that position myself. But what I would say is very different than, say, January, when I was amongst those who were voting against now former Speaker McCarthy. It's very difficult to go on the House floor and vote against 90% of your party. That's not a comfortable position to be in. However, no, in January, 
we were voting against someone who our base grassroots supporters, uh, many of our constituents, uh, the majority of, of, of feedback that we were getting was, hey, don't vote for Speaker McCarthy. Hang in there and fight. Uh, it's very different, I would submit, today. Uh, I would submit that they are largely hearing from the grassroots and the base and their constituents saying, please vote for Jim Jordan, who I would argue is the second most popular Republican in the country. And I would think you're right. Uh, I, I just want to go through a couple of, the, of names just for folks who are, are listening to us. Ken Buck, a Republican of Colorado, uh, in a R plus 13 district. Uh, Kay Granger, uh, Republican plus 12. Mike Kelly, Pennsylvania, Republican plus 13. Uh, Mike Simpson, Republican of Idaho, plus 14. Uh, Victoria Sparts, Indiana, Republican of 11. Steve Womack, plus 15. Who do these people, I mean, I, I get the protest. Uh, but to staunchly say that they're going to go against the party uh, in those districts with those numbers uh, is just stunning. It's stunning to me. Yeah, I, I don't understand the reasons for those votes. And obviously, each member can might have a different reason. Sure. And my hope would be that they have sort of registered their protest vote, uh, whether it was, hey, they're upset that Speaker McCarthy got removed, or they're upset that Steve Scalise didn't have enough support, or maybe they have some sort of a personal issue with, with Speaker-designate Jim Jordan, who I think is going to be our Speaker. And so my hope would be, as they see that he got 200 votes, as they, as they hear from their constituents, that they will uh, ret help us return to the action we need to take on the House floor, the Republican majority beginning to do what the voters elected us to do. And I say beginning to do under Speaker Jordan, and my hope would be that in the second vote, or very soon, uh, in a short number of votes, that we'll go ahead and get that 217 that we're going to need for him to be officially named Speaker, hopefully today. Well, I'm I'm for Jim Jordan, have been uh, for a very long time. I think he's, uh, to me, uh, the finest example of Republican leadership in the House of Representatives. Uh, and I just can't imagine him not fighting. Uh, it's important for everybody to remember Scalise, uh, you know, folded his uh, folded up uh, his hand and, and threw it in uh, just as McCarthy did. This could have been could have persisted. Uh, I hope that yes. uh, Jim Jordan does not follow their lead and fights to the, you know, he is the obvious right person, don't you think? I do. And to your point about specifically Leader Scalise, when we had a vote in conference last week between Jordan and Scalise, uh, Leader Scalise had 110 eligible voters. He had 113 because they allowed the three territory delegates who can't vote on the House floor for speaker vote uh, for him. But he had 110 to Jordan's 99. And Leader Scalise had the option of going to the floor for a vote and elected not to. Uh, 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 Jim Jordan, on the other hand, uh, got 124 votes uh, the first time and then 152 the second time and elected to take it to the House floor, which I thought was the right decision, and got mm -hmm. 200 votes. So you feel the momentum, 124, 152, 200, and hopefully that will continue and we'll get them to 221 here, or, or that'd be unanimous Republicans, or 217 in short order. I know it's a difficult thing for you to go through a list of names and talk about the, what uh, seems to be their motivation, and uh, uh, and I won't ask you to do that if you want to volunteer. I'm certainly delighted to hear your views, but... Uh, I just can't imagine this protest, as it seems to be for various reasons from uh, members of the conference. 
I can't imagine it persisting. Uh, these are some of them are I, I will use one name uh, and, and that's Don Bacon. I mean, that man, uh, he's got an ego problem beyond ego problems. And I've got nothing more to say about him. Uh, but the rest of them, for whatever reason, and Ken Buck, by the way, is just to me inexplicable. So there's two of them. I better not go too far into that list. But the, for the most part, it's a protest vote, it seems to be. Can they get past that kind of uh, emotion and, uh, and I will say, pettiness uh, and peak uh, in a short order? It'll, for example, a second or third round of voting. I would hope so. I've heard very little in the way of public explanation from them on why they are opposed to Jim Jordan. Certainly, I've heard some expressions of disappointment or a disapproval with those of us who voted to remove Speaker McCarthy two weeks ago or those of us who didn't support uh, Steve Scalise but supported Jim Jordan when there were the two candidates. So I've heard those expressions of disapproval or disappointment. However, now we have one candidate, Jim Jordan. He's got 200 hopefully more than 200 votes by the time we go again. So, again, I respect their right to vote on the House floor. We all answer to our constituents. I would expect they're probably hearing from their constituents. I would expect those constituents are overwhelmingly telling them to vote for Jim Jordan. And so my hope would be that, that that's what they will do. Uh, and I'll leave it to them to explain the reasons for uh, why why they had, didn't vote for him the first time. Um, and certainly, I don't want to do anything that might contribute to them digging in their heels. So I'll re I'll refrain from you know speculating on what their reasons might be, and just hope that they will vote uh, with the majority and with their constituents and help us elect Jim Jordan Speaker. Yeah, I, I want to take uh, as best I can. Uh, I what I see is a. A, a really a protest vote uh, and once you know once levied that vote is uh, to me over with over and done with and i would hope that they come to their both sentences uh, and their sense of duty uh, and responsibility because the republican party has a real opportunity here to do great, great good for the republic. We're talking with Congressman Bob Good. We're going to continue the conversation in one moment. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back talking with Congressman Bob Good. And, and Congressman, let's, let's turn to the issue of one of the, I assume, the most difficult decisions any representative has to make in the House, and that is when their own judgment on an issue uh, or an, an event uh, differs from the expression of the will of the people uh, in their district. Uh, that seems to be the case here for the nearly all of these uh, uh, 20 who voted other. Uh, 
what is it what does a congressman do in that situation because we're looking at really going against the will of the people uh, for uh, most of these uh, recalcitrant uh, representatives well I, I would make a side point uh, relative to what we were speaking a moment ago if we were not to confirm Jim Jordan as speaker and to vote him in the alternative, what is the alternative that they're voting for to start over with a fresh new uh, opportunity for candidates to come forth and put their names in a hat in a vetting process, a whittling down process to see who can get something close to a 217 majority? I would submit that no one is going to get more than 200 votes if we were to try to do that, the 200 that Jim Jordan already has. So what they would be voting for is another week or two or more of not having a speaker when many of these same members are the ones who said, hey, we've lost two weeks of time. We've got to get back to regular order. We've got to get back to passing our spending bills. We've got to get back to fighting for the American people. Which certainly I want to do that. And I think uh, uh, Speaker Jordan would be the right person to lead us to that effect. And every district's a little bit different, but I, I agree with your point that you made a moment ago that I would submit that certainly the majority of these 20, if not all of them, are hearing from their constituents, their voters, uh, those who sent them to Washington, asking them, hey, why are you not supporting Jim Jordan? And please change your vote and support Jim Jordan. I would expect that is the case for the vast majority, if not all of those members. And uh, give us your look into your crystal ball and tell us uh, what you think will be uh, the process going forward here and and the, the outcome in the next couple of uh, rounds of voting. Well, I hope we'll have another vote soon, and I hope and expect that we'll show significant progress and you'll begin to see these votes change and flip towards uh, what will be hopefully Speaker Jordan here soon, and the momentum will just continue. I expect that will be the case. I certainly hope and pray that will be the case, and I'll be doing everything I can to influence my colleagues accordingly. Well, is there anyone that 20 will listen to? If they won't listen to Jim Jordan is my feeling. Uh, who in the world in the conference do they listen to? Well, no matter how independent we are and no matter how uh, courageous we are and how resolved we are, we're all human and we're all influenced by others and we all can be influenced by pressure. And I can tell you from, again, having been there back in January, uh, as folks begin to flip their votes and it begins to whittle down, you know, when we went from 20 who were voting against Speaker McCarthy down to six, uh, you know, I, I realized at that point that there was no hope for victory in terms of denying him the speakership and uh, that it was time to go ahead and flip our votes to present to allow him to proceed. There was no reason to extend it unnecessarily when there were just six of us remaining. And so I counseled my colleagues to join me in flipping our votes to present so we could allow him to be voted in speaker and then try to move forward together best we could. And we certainly did that for nine months. So, you know, we're all influenced by others. And so I think there are colleagues who surround them who they're close to or who are overwhelmingly voting for Jim Jordan already, I think will influence them best. Well, a member of the, you know, the, the Brave 20 and the, and the Brave 6, uh, you understand those pressures, but there is a huge difference I think I have to, you know, bring forward here. And that is you, you all were making it very clear what you were fighting for, what you were holding out for. And that was democratization of the House of Representatives as, uh, somewhat conflicting as that language is uh, you you were insisting on uh, reform of the hundred of the United States Congress and particularly the 118th Congress uh, 
you, nothing, none of that uh, seems to matter to these uh, these 20 who voted other. They're not fighting for something. They're fighting against something, which is a clear, straight path uh, to a strong Republican Party that can lead and put you on equal footing with the Senate uh, with a known quality in terms of character and leadership in Jim Jordan. I would largely agree with how you described it. It was frankly easy for us to sell and persuade and explain, if you will, our votes to our constituents who understood that we were fighting for them. We were fighting for something. We were fighting against the status quo. We were fighting against the establishment. We were fighting for transformational change, which was not represented with a Speaker McCarthy. I agree with you. I think it's much more difficult for these individuals to explain and defend their votes, their constituents, as to why they're against Jim Jordan and why they're against the only Republican candidate for speaker that has the support of 200 members of the Republican Party at this moment. And importantly, amongst the 20, a recalcitrance, not a single member of the uh, of the brave six or the brave 20 uh, is in that group. And that should give them some pause, wouldn't you think? Well, I'm not sure if those if we're the ones who most influence these other 20 today because we sort of come from a different perspective within the Republican conference. But uh, but again, I, I think that there I think we're going to see that movement towards Jim Jordan. I think you're going to see us uh, soon elect him as speaker and uh, the country will be better off for it. The Republican Party will be better off for it. And our ability to fight the Biden agenda will be stronger as a result of having Jim Jordan as our speaker. Couldn't agree more. Amen. Congressman Bob Good, we thank you for being with us here on The Great America Show. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us here today. Our guest tomorrow on The Great America Show will be Congressman Ben Klein of Virginia. Klein sits on three of the most powerful committees in the House of Representatives. Ben Klein is one, if not the hardest working folks on Capitol Hill. Please join us for that tomorrow and more. And join us each and every day. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to visit LouDobbs.com. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. And may God bless and save America. America.